Hi, this is Ron Darling with SNY TV. Um, you know me from covering the Mets, and uh, I hope you get a chance to listen to Mets Musings with Gary Mack. I had a great time. I hope you do, too. Mets Musings is an unofficial, independent podcast covering New York's National League Baseball team. It is not affiliated in any way with Major League Baseball or the New York Mets. This is Len and Jeff from Baseball and Barbecue. And the one place to go for New York Mets news, past week game reviews, upcoming series previews, interviews, analysis, opinion, and, and what's going, going down, down on the farm. farm. It's, it's Mets Musings with Gary Mack. So keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. Mets Musings with Gary Mack. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. And hello and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings. Yes, how great it is that we have baseball we're watching baseball watching it right now as a matter of fact as we record this the Mets are taking on the Cardinals it's 1-1 tie in the sixth inning and boy how great it is just to be able to say that it's just baseball's here and I know they've gotten off to a little bit of a slow start it's spring training don't don't even worry about it you know, when you start to worry about it, the last week, 10 days, maybe two weeks of the season, still a couple of weeks before we get to that point. As we said last week, that is a lot of experimentation going on. You got a lot of guys playing that are not going to make the team that are going to be in AAA, or they're looking at a lot of guys, uh, you know, younger guys, potential prospects. Uh, for instance, Andres Jimenez is playing a lot of shortstop, but I got to tell you, that kid looks good. He, in a way, he reminds me he, he's a lot better than Rosario as far as the glove goes. Um, but it's things like that. And as far as the pitchers, the pitchers are working on stuff, trying to locate the ball, maybe working out a, a new pitch so you know we talked about this last week don't get too excited yet they're all working themselves into playing shape and uh i noticed there was some comments that pete alonzo hadn't gotten a hit yet he, he's working on his swing he's he's doing other things so let's not let's not get into a a, a hassle yet Let's let's see what happens. And the games don't really start until the end of March. So that's what we got to look forward to. But in the meantime, you can sit and you can enjoy and watch some baseball and watch some of the young guys. It's good to watch these guys you don't know um, because you learn a little bit about them. And these could be the future stars. This is, you know, we've seen... Uh, uh, Alonzo last year, how fun was that watching him? And uh, who knows, maybe who's going to be this year? Is it going to be a Jimenez? Is it going to be somebody else? But uh, 
you know, and some of the pitches have looked pretty good. Zamora's look good. Tyler Blackham has looked really good uh, in in relief appearances and things like that. So uh, it's good to to keep a Rolodex of the younger players in your head. So uh, now there, there has been some other news coming out of camp uh, after being scratched from Wednesday's uh, lineup. Due to additional cardiac screen, screening, a little bit of a scare there from Brandon Nimmo. He has been cleared for baseball activities, and uh, he uh, seems to be okay. Van Wagen spoke to reporters in Jupiter, Florida during the early innings of yesterday's game against Miami Marlins. When he wouldn't get into the specifics of the test, probably can't because of HIPAA laws, he said that everything was strictly precautionary. Just wanted to follow up on the news from Brandon yesterday. Make sure I give everybody a good report that Brandon is doing well. All the tests came back in a good fa- fashion. He's been cleared for baseball activity, so he'll be resuming his work tomorrow. Back in Port St. Lucie, and you're ready to get him back. We're always looking to be precautious. We never want to put players in harm's way, and I think this was a perfect example of that. Uh, later on, it was also reported that Matt Adams had the same thing. They called him back for some more testing. Look, it's, you know, better to be safe. It's just a game. We know it's their careers, but you don't want the careers to kill you. <laughs> so let's be safe. Let's be sure everything's okay. Everybody's fine now before the season starts. And uh, watch these guys. You know, that's what they're there for. They're there to get physicals as well and to make sure everything's okay. Now, Seth Lugo, uh, he had a little, uh, he, he stubbed his toe and he broke his pinky toe several days ago he threw a bullpen session on saturday everything seems to be fine the next step is for him to throw some live batting practice before he participates in a grapefruit league game and he seems to be doing fine he hasn't missed a beat with his training at all he's been throwing and all of that kind of stuff so I don't think there's going to be anything to worry about. You know, you do you do get concerned. And it's the famous story with uh, Dizzy Dean who broke a toe and he threw off his whole delivery and threw out his arm eventually. And uh, it, it ruined his career. He had to quit. But, um, you know. Seth Lugo is fine. We don't have to worry about any of that kind of stuff. So uh, we're good with that. Um, you know, in assessment, it said he wasn't going to speak to the media at all this season, but that didn't last too long. He sat in front of the mic last Sunday. He uh, was joined by the team translator, Alan Suriel. Cespedes got right to the point when asked if he will be ready for opening day. If I continue progressing the way I am, yes, he said. Cespedes' progress has looked good in batting practice, taking fly balls in the outfield, and even doing running drills on the side. And though he says he's not as fast as I wanted to be, he is feeling really good right now. In terms of running, I'm at about 80%. Defensively, I'm much closer to 90-95%, he explained. Once he reaches 100% in every facet of his game, Cespedes can try to reach the goal he set in the past when he said he believed he could belt 52 homers 
to match his jersey number. At the end of the day, though, it comes down to his legs. I think if my legs are healthy, I think it's possible. It's all depending on my legs. I think when it comes to hitting, that's one of the things that I'm not worried about because that's one of the skills you never forget. Hmm, well, okay. I could buy that. I guess it's like riding on a bike. The question is uh, whether or not you still have the bad speed and the quickness that you want to have. You are a little bit older, and sometimes you lose some of that as well as some strength. And the Mets received other promising news on the shoulder health of corner infielder outfielder J.D. Davis. Davis underwent an MRI this week. Uh, he dove for a boy, ball and had some pain in his shoulder. While the readout did identify some potential previous injury to Davis's labrum, uh, that wasn't deemed to be of concern. It wasn't symptomatic of anything beforehand, and the MRI didn't really show any new structural damage to his shoulder. Since the Im imaging didn't show a ton of inflammation, Davis can begin the rehab process right away, precisely when he will fully resume baseball activities remains to be seen. The current plan is for the team to reassess the matter in one week's time. Davis says he has some aches and is a little weak in the shoulder, but it's full range of motion and is generally feeling all right. While he's feeling some sense of relief, the 26-year-old is still waiting to see how he progresses before declaring victory. Fortunately, so long as he bounces back at a reasonable place, there's a certainly still a clear path for Davis to be ready to go at the start of the season. And you know, if he's not, so what? So what? Then let him go, let him stay down there a little longer and come back mid-April if he's ready or, you know, even the beginning of May. No sense rushing him. There are other guys we can plug in his place. Uh, Dom Smith could get more playing time if Cespedes isn't healthy. You know... There, there are other options. Mariznik, Nemo. I mean, there's, there's, there's other options that uh, you don't have to. We worry more about health and getting completely healthy. And don't forget, when these guys come back, it's like a breath of fresh air because it's like a healthy body then coming in once the season starts. So get healthy. And let's not worry about it. Uh, let's take a break. And we'll come back with a voicemail and some other news right after this. Hi, I'm Ron Swoboda of the 69 New York Mets. And you're listening to Mets Musings with Gary Mack. Looking for great Cardinals talk? Then check out Conversations with C70. My name is Daniel Shopdaw, and I talk with some of the great bloggers on the Internet today about their teams. It always goes back to the Cardinals. Find the latest episode on my website, www.cardinal70.com or at baseballpodcast.net. Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com, 
along with Mets musings and other great baseball podcasts. With all the Mets news, it is the news from around the world and around the corner. Here's Gary Mack. And we're back. And uh, I don't know if you saw this story, but it was uh, written by Thornton McHenry, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago talking about uh, Steve Cohen not buying the Mets. And it seems that he's had an article about New York Rangers, New York Knicks owner James Dolan is interested in buying the Mets television network, SNY, and therefore would want to buy the Mets as well. And uh, James Dolan, for those that don't know, may be the worst owner in sports. He's worse than the Wilpons. I mean, look how bad the Knicks are. And and the Rangers were, you know, contending and everything. But that was a lot to do with the general manager they had. But uh, he has screwed up the Knicks so badly that... Man, I don't think I want him anywhere near the Mets. I mean, you know, I think I'd rather have A-Rod in that group come in. But he's he's one of many uh, groups that are looking at purchasing the Mets, and I hope they'll make the right choice. And we'll see. If it's Dolan, it's Dolan. There's not much you can do about it. But that would not be my first choice if I had a choice in the matter, which I don't. None of us have any choice in the matter so um but let's hope that uh <laughs> i don't know cooler heads prevail or <laughs> well i don't know what you want to call it but i don't think he's a good choice but uh you know and i don't think he's got the kind of money that they're gonna need but who knows stranger things have happened and we will have to see how that all uh how that shakes out, but boy, I don't want, I don't, really don't want James Dolan running this team. All right, I get a voicemail from our good buddy, Sean, from across the pond. Haven't heard from Sean in quite some time, so it's really great to hear from him again, and let's see what he has to say. Hey, Gary, it's Sean from the UK. I uh, hope you are well, my friend. Um, Got to go, gotta say, going into this season, uh, a lot of optimism with a slight uh, uh, hint of uh, cautiousness, of course, when it, with everything that concerns the Mets. But I have to say, um, everything ticks the boxes. Uh, great starting rotation, offense, and uh, can I possibly say even the bullpen is looking pretty decent. Uh, Edwin Diaz has to bounce back from a from a pretty uh, for a uh, pretty crummy season that he had last year. But with him, uh, you're familiar, but but Dylan Patance and Justin Wilson, so to say. Uh, and you're as familiar, of course. You've got to say that uh, uh, they're looking in a good, good place again. You're as familiar needs to have a really uh, bounce-back um, season as well. Um, so, uh, Gary, quick question to you: Stephen Matz, I've always been a fan of him, and I think he's got uh, a lot of uh, lot of uh, uh, good things going for him. But he's going to have he's going to have uh, to really battle to get into the starting rotation. He might even not make the starting rotation. So where do you see him uh, fitting in this coming season? A possible Seth Lugo uh, situation. Um, also, I've been I must 
been a little bit cynical towards Jonas uh, Cespedes and um, the the Boar incident uh, really did take the uh, biscuit. But I, I I tip my cap off to him, and he's get he's getting the work done, and and he's actually talking to the press. I, I agree, Gary. You can't be sitting in the corner of a locker room sulking and throwing your rattle over the side of your cot. But um, you know, if he gets into the uh, if he he comes if he bounces back, oh my goodness, what what a great offense! Um, defense, do you see any weaknesses? I mean, you could probably have to say on oh, Rosario, he's had his issues. But again, I think if he has if he really uh, has a really good you know a really good de- uh, defensive uh, uh, season, um, I, I can't. I, I re- well, I, the least I can expect this team to do would be uh, at least a wild card. Possibly even even winning the um, uh, the, the pennant. Um, also, uh, Gary's we've got another number of series coming uh, this year. Uh, Cubs Cardinals, um, which is always a great opportunity for the UK Mets fans to get together. So we're all look, looking forward to that. Um, anyway, Gary, as always, I love what you do, and uh, and your podcast is a is a thing of beauty, my friend. Anyway, I'll speak to you soon, and let's go Mets. Well, thank you so much, Sean. Always great to hear from you. Your analysis is always spot on, always a great analysis, so it's always so good to hear from you. Uh, let me take a couple of the things you talked about. Uh, Stephen Matz, you asked where, where I might see Stephen Matz ending up. Well, um, he is the only lefty. for So for that reason, I think I would – you know, make hopefully he would make the rotation. You want a lefty in there somewhere, and he would be the only lefty in the starting rotation. So um, I'm hoping that he can grab on that spot. If not, he'll go to the bullpen. If you remember, he pitched some out of the bullpen. Pitched pretty good, too, last season. But because of that, you know, you like to break it up in the starting rotation. Uh, and and him being the only lefty, I'd like to see him in it. That being said, they have talked about a possibility of a six rotation or being uh, thinking outside the box as far as Waka and Mats goes. Uh, so that's something else that they could look at, maybe rotating starts, which would be interesting to see what they would do and uh, keep them busy that way. It's going to be, look, it's it's a good problem to have, and there could be a minor injury somewhere along the line, and then we get back into the rotation, the rotation, I should say. Uh, as as far as being a second uh, loogie left-hander out of the bullpen, you know, um, don't forget the rules are changing this year. So the specialist left-hander isn't going to be... Uh, he's going to have to face three batters no matter what. So that could make Matt's more valuable out of the bullpen. Uh, coming as a starter, he'd have to face them anyway. Uh, but now with the new rules, if you come in, you have to face a minimum of three batters. Unless, uh, I forget the... Uh, Unless it's ending an inning or something, then they can take you out, I believe, the next inning. But anyway, you have that rule. So if he's coming in fresh, he's going to have to stay in for the three batters. So it kind of kind of minimizes that, that left-handed uh, only guy, you know, getting lefties out. 
he's going to have to face other batters so that he could be righty. Um, so we'll have to see on that. Um, as far as Cespedes goes, well, we had a little report about him. He says he's getting ready. If he can return to form, he would be a big boost, as you said, Sean. Be a big, big boost to that uh, uh, to that offense, and uh, would really be that perfect bat in there to protect Alonzo and to protect McNeil. Uh, maybe even Cano, depending on where they're placing, going to place him in the order and Conforto. Um, that's a pretty good lineup. If you go to McNeil, Alonzo, Conforto, Cespedes, a healthy Cespedes, um, Alfonso, uh, I mean, Alonzo, I should say. So, you know, we'll have to see. Uh, as far as the defense goes, you know what? They've been turning a lot of double plays this year in spring training so far. I know it's just spring training. But they've looked good defensively so far. And a lot of that has been with him and as a shortstop. Uh, and not, and uh, I can't think of the young guy that's been playing second that they're taking a look at. Uh, not so much Cano. Cano started today. Um, but I don't know. It's something they may have to look at, you know. Um Personally, as I've said before, I think McNeil is better off at second with Cano either moving to third. If I had my real choice, I probably would uh, write a check for Cano and tell him to uh, depart because I don't think defensively, I think he's very weak. And on this team, they need that uh, tough defensiveness. And I'm a little concerned that uh, that's going to be the weak link in the infield. Maybe if it is, they'll address it. They can bring Jimenez up. If they don't want to move McNeil off a third, they can move Jimenez into second. Uh, lots of ways they can go. But I, I think the good part this year, even with the defense, as it, is that we see that there's some depth. And that's something that we haven't always seen from this team, depth in the defense. And and pretty good, pretty good fielders, so... Not too concerned about it, but, um, you know, the the whole thing, like you said, with the bullpen, Diaz has got to come back. You know, I can't, I can't disagree at all with what you said. You, you, as I said, your analysis was right on the money, and the whole thing is going to be as it is for every team and every year, it's health. Who's healthy, who's going to stay healthy, and... The healthy team, it seems, or the one that can best adjust to injuries is the one that's going to win. So, uh, But thanks again, Sean. Great uh, hearing from you, and uh, hope we hear from you again real soon. And let's take a break and come back after this. Hey, baseball fans and book fans as well. This is Frank Nappy, author of the Legend of Mickey Tussler series, inviting all of you to learn more about my protagonist, Mickey Tussler, an incredible pitching prodigy who has autism. Follow Mickey's journey as he captures the hearts of fans everywhere with his blazing fastball and indomitable spirit. Please visit Amazon or www.franknappy.com for more information. 
Hi, this is the world-famous Mr. Brewtown of BrewtownSportsStopHotomatic.com. You know, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, Plus. Uh, Brewtown Sports. You can also listen to the show at Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, and iTunes.com. And we've got the new one. It's called BrewtownRadio.Webley.com. But the one that I'm most proud of being on is BaseballPodcast.net. It is the home of great baseball talk shows. Check it out, my show and all kinds of other programs all about Major League Baseball. So check it out. That's BaseballPodcast.net, the home for great baseball talk shows. 516-619-6341. That is the comment voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show and drop us a line leave us a comment or a voicemail question anything at all call that number 516-619-6341 or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen and that's a speak pipe and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com the facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash Mets Musings and the Twitter handle is at Mets Musings 1 and uh, if you'd uh, like to help out the show check out our Patreon page check out the campaign at patreon.com slash Mets Musings Right, we're back, and uh, let's take a look at down on the farm. <laughs> All right, oh, down on the farm, the athletics. Keith Law put together his top 100 prospects for 2020 and had four Mets on his list. At number 17, he had shortstop Ronnie Mauricio. On 48th, he's got catcher Francisco Alvarez, 92. We have right-handed pitcher Matt Allen and 95 third baseman Brett Batty. And these seem to be the guys that are making all of these lists. Uh, Jimenez makes some, but now I guess he's not considered as much as a prospect being that he's in spring training and may make the big club. Who knows? Uh, but these four are definitely... The uh, guys to watch, they're further down. Keep that in mind. Uh, but there are some talent in the system. So uh, we have to keep that in mind. They're a little bit away. Um, so, you know, we got to bridge the gap here. But uh, it'll happen, you know. It'll be it'll be good. We'll, we'll And hopefully have a good draft this year, get some more players and some good players and, and – We'll, we'll start doing what a lot of these teams do and keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. Uh, New York Mets prospect Tim Tebow is taking his talents to the World Baseball Classic next year. Tebow will represent Team Philippines during the WC qualifying round, the tournament announced on Wednesday. The qualifiers are set to take place in Arizona next month, with Tebow and Team Philippines slated to take part in a second pool of teams from March 20 to 25th. 
Tebow spent the majority of his childhood in Florida, but was born in the Philippines where his parents served as Baptist missionaries. He moved to the United States when he was three years old. Tebow said he was invited to play for the team, which he ran past Mets manager Luis Rojas and general manager Brody Van Wagenen. They were super supportive, Tebow told reporters. They thought it was a cool thing. I did too. I'm kind of excited about it. I think it's cool. I've just got such a heart for the Philippines too. To be able to represent them, the place I was born and spent a lot of time, just really had a love for the people for a long time. To be able to represent them would be really cool. Really, really cool. So Tim Tebow will be playing for Team Philippines in the WBC qualifying rounds, which is coming up, and uh, it goes till next year. I believe the next year is the tournament, um, so the qualifying rounds starting to take place now. So, uh, spring trainings among us. Enjoy the games if you're home during the week or on the weekend, whenever they're broadcast, and uh, you know, um, don't put too much faith into it until uh, we get closer and closer to the season. But it is creeping up on us, so be aware of that. And that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. I hope you enjoyed it, and I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, you can subscribe to the show on uh, iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, wherever you listen to the podcast. We're all over the place. Hit the subscribe button. That helps me grow the show and expand to new listeners. And if you'd like to uh, support the show, you can. There's two ways to do it now. You can go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Mets Musings. Or you can go to anchor.fm slash Mets Musings. And that's our hosting page of the podcast. And right on that, you can find a support button so go there and uh, if you can give whatever you could it just uh, helps us keep the show going and until next time remember to keep the faith stay optimistic and let's go Mets let's go Mets soon we'll be hearing that all the time can't wait let's go Mets I'll see you again next time on another edition of